F104 is switched on and Where Is My Mind is a podcast about how we can better take on the beauty and the beast that is the human mind in the head-melty chaos of the modern world. Host Niall Breslin joins me now. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. So you're heading off on tour once again. So you're kicking it off on or in April, the 5th of April. You're heading to a lot of venues, aren't you? It's about 18 shows in April. We did a tour in kind of November and it was the first tour of the podcast. We had two tours before that boat were pulled because of COVID so mm-hmm. every time I announced a tour a new wave came so I was terrified to announce another one mm-hmm. but uh, April is kind of 18 dates and three dates in Dublin which is kind of what I wanted to do like not everybody wants to go into the city to a show you know and it's nice to go out into the communities like we're going to Tala to Neary and Balbriggan so rather than kind of just having it in the city centre all the time Of course how is it for you bringing it on tour? It's it's not what people think it is. I think that's really important. Like my background, 25 years in the music industry, I, you know, it's a show. It's a lot of music. It's a lot of spoken words, a lot of guests. It, it is very much a show. It's not me standing there talking about my head mm-hmm. for two hours. And it's a lot of fun. It's very irreverent and heartwarming, you know, and people kind of sometimes go to you. So I don't know if I go to a show about mental health and culture. I'm like, but lads, it's not about that. It's about, it's just about us humans the, the the difference ups and downs ins and outs of being a human being and we shouldn't be so terrified of that it's you know it doesn't always have to be intense and heavy you know why are we like why do we kind of take a step back sometimes from it oh it's it's absolute decades and generations of it you don't you don't just move on from the stigma created around not just mental health but any form of emotion or vulnerability physical or mental and we've Ireland is very good at hiding stuff and avoiding stuff we've done it for you know, centuries, and we have this perception of us globally that we're the, you know, the good time, you know, all the time, happy as Larry. But it's, a lot of it is kind of repressed and avoided stuff that we never dealt with. And, you know, and if you look at our history, we've had a very dark, difficult history that we probably haven't really talked about or processed properly. And that gets passed on from your father, to your, you know, from your grandfather to your father to you, until somebody goes, you know what, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and we have to, we need to stop trying to pretend that we're invincible. I've never met anyone in my life who's invincible in any shape or form. Um, and I've met a lot of people who pretend they are. And, and that's kind of where it's worrying as well, because it is, and I think a lot of us kind of put up that mask sometimes, at least, where we're pretending it's all good, we're having the best time ever. And yet, you know, it is like, I kind of need a break sometimes. Well, I mean, it's not a natural thing to do. I get it. And you have to, you know, you almost have to play a character in this, world sometimes and the other thing you throw into the equation then is the idea that we almost have to perform when it comes to social media we have to show people this consistent performance of just something else all the time and it's exhausting and there's not enough space in the modern world just to literally be ourselves in in that weird good bad or ugly way just be ourselves and I'm not I'm not lecturing people in this I'm exactly the same I, I People have this idea that I've got this all figured out. I really haven't. I, and nobody on earth has. And anyone who rings in or is on your radio show or stands on the stage and tells you that they've figured all this out is a liar. Yeah. You know, nobody has. And that's something I quite like about it. Yeah, I'm not it... trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to make people feel okay about being different or, you know, whatever it is they are. Because I think we are very complex as a human race, really, aren't we? I mean, we absolutely are. And... <clears throat> nobody's, as I said, through, you know, years and years and decades and generations of trying to figure out the human mind. 
nobody's really got very far with it. And I think part of me is to stop trying and just create societies and cultures that feel more supportive for people and accepting of people of all different, you know, ins and outs and ups and downs. And it's not the person that needs to change. It's the thing I keep going at, unless they're actually murderous tyrants. But but generally, it's the culture and society that, that they navigate. And I think that's really important. Even look at mental health, you look at any other area, you know, you can see the huge steps we've made in autism in Ireland. We've a huge way to go. But when you look at, you know, how our education system is trying to look at better ways of supporting people, assessing people, we never had that in the 80s and 90s. You know, and we all went to school with people we know that got badly treated because society and culture just didn't know what to do. Um, and this, these are the things that we have progressed on and we should be positive about. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of work to do. And um, I'm kind of, that's a lot of the focus of not just my podcast, but my PhD is like, what do we do? How do we actually create better systems and help people? And I believe education is the, the superpower in, in all of this. And another thing I saw you mention was social media and how it feels like, and I even feel it as well, people are kind of moving away from it. They're kind of realizing, hang on, maybe we don't need all this interaction and information all the time. I, I my, my theory, and it's only as a hypothesis, is completely not founded on any information or knowledge, <laughs> is that I think we're going to, it's going to be a mass rejection of it. I think it's what I call the post-digital revolution. People will just walk away from it. They'll just have enough. You can see it already, like Tread started. And everyone goes, oh, Treads. And they're like, oh, it's just Twitter. Yeah. And because within a week, you just had people doing Twitter things on it again. And people are like, oh, you know what? It's, not, it's actually just boring. It's stale. It's really embarrassingly boring. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not that it's even nasty anymore. I just look at it and go, this is, this is embarrassing. Why am I tolerating this? And that's, I deleted my, the minute Elon Musk bought Twitter, I was gone, deleted it. I was like, I know what he's doing here. I know what he's trying to do here. This is a game to him. And I I have seen the division it's caused. I have seen the hurt it's caused people. I'm like, I am actually not. I can't do anything about what he's doing, but I cannot be part of it. And as I said, so so what social media does, it, it taps in the, the currency of social media is division. It needs us divided. It needs us angry. We don't engage other ways. And, you know, that's how they make their money. And I think it's destroying younger people. But a lot of people in the kind of futurist space think that young people are just are going to create separate identities that are like avatars of themselves and they'll be their digital world. And they, they believe that young people in maybe 10, 15 years won't be on, online at all. They'll have a, an avatar that does it for them, which is mad. And I kind of see that happening with like the metaverse and everything and chat GPT and all that that's kind of happening and, and growing at the moment. That but it's inter- yeah, we, we have a lot of conversations around things like AI and, and people are going, it's really positive. I said, but lads, listen, when has things that powerful not been used in a really bad way yes. by bad people? And people that have, you know, real vested interest in maintaining power are power dynamics, not just in politics or groups and yes there's definitely elements of AI but it's completely out of control nobody knows what's going on there's no regulation and as soon as you try to regulate social media companies these governments are trying to regulate them but they're so fast they're so nimble you know and it takes government three years to make a decision mm-hmm. by the time they go to regulate them they've already moved on so it's, it's very hard to regulate people that you know like Meta or Google they're just too powerful and AI I think is fundamentally, I believe, 
if we to, right now if we were to do a, a real deep dive, and I don't know a lot about it, so I'm not going to make any big statement of it, but I have found it really useful um, because I use it in a way that supports what I do, and I find it really interesting. And um, but I worry about I worry about people using it in the wrong ways, and that's kind of that's just a natural instinct I have. Like, it's a fun thing to play around with. I was chatting to somebody and they're like, yeah, you know, you could always put in and ask it, like, how many sandwiches can you make with the leftovers from Christmas dinner? Like, that kind of thing. It's kind of fun to kind of play around with it. But as you say, there's a whole other element to it as well. And there always will be when there's social media. But in relation to social media, you also do the 777 challenge, don't you? Yeah, I mean, these are just simple things and they're not lectures I'm saying to people. I'm like, you know, people kind of go, I'm not going to use my phone. So that's not going to happen. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's be... Let's be honest with each other here, like let's create some kind of tiers or phases or boundaries to this stuff. So my initial one was try it, try seven o'clock in the evening, turn off all your apps, do not let them on again until seven o'clock the next morning, do it for seven days. Write down how you feel. The first two days you will feel absolutely horrendous. You will feel anxious and sweaty and weird and you will, you will notice your hand consistently going for something constantly. It's a habit forming you have. And it won't feel nice. It'll feel uncomfortable. But being uncomfortable is not a bad thing. You need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And to see what it feels like, write it down. And then try and create that kind of control and boundary with it. And now I've moved my seven hours. I I turn it off. Now I don't use my phone between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock in the afternoon, in the morning to the afternoon, because that's when I do all my PhD reading. And I can't do it when I have a phone in front of me. So these are just little things to try, create boundaries, understand that the, the way social media works is, is, as I said, is based off algorithms that want you angry and divided. They don't want you together, community-based, supportive. They don't want that. And that's what makes good mental health is communities, mm-hmm. is peer support, is, is you know, we can, you can fix all the health systems you want, but the most powerful way to support people's mental health is to develop strong, coherent and supportive communities. And my fear with social media is just the complete opposite of that. And we're completely addicted to it, or at least I am for sure. So I might uh, give this a go too. Because I do feel like, like I was even saying to myself, like talking to myself yesterday, going, I need to stop always constantly needing my phone. I don't constantly need it. And there's no reason. Nothing has changed in the last 10 minutes. So it is just an addiction that we kind of have all had for it. But I must ask you, because we've gone into 2024, what does a new year usually mean for you? Um... Not a lot, to be honest with you. I think it's a good time to reset a few things. There's a few things that aren't, you know, I, I've never had a, I'm not a New Year's resolution person, never have been. I, I've kind of, I work hard. So I don't need to punish myself for a month. Um, but for me, New Year is a good, it's a good, if there's things that you need to reset on and step back from and reflect on, it's a good time to do it. I think it's a good time to, like there's a few things I've looked at in it this year where I've, I've, I've never done this before. I, I kind of wrote down what are my three professional priorities this year because I have so much going on and I give an awful lot of myself to things that I probably shouldn't. And I've kind of said, right, you know what, actually, I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on three things and everything else comes secondary to that in terms of my professional life. And, you know, that's a hard thing to do. And then obviously I have a PhD to, to do, which is, a lot of work. which is an immense level of work. Um, but, I enjoy it, but big thing for me for for 2024 is uh, I don't think it can be as bad as 2023. So that's always my optimistic yeah. uh, view of the world. I, I 
I, I have found 2023, like most people, immensely overwhelming every aspect of it. What's happening happening to people, the genocide in Gaza. These are these are we front row seats to this stuff. We're seeing it every day. There's a helplessness to that. There's a heartbreak to it. And I, I think it's getting in on everyone. And I think it's it's something we have to, you know, we, we have to kind of support each other on and, and support, you know, people doing amazing work around the different various causes that we're trying to drive forward. But it can almost feel overwhelming. And some people sometimes need to step back from it. Absolutely. We must give a shout out to Stevie as well. I love seeing the videos of Stevie. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be shouting for her now if you saw what she's done to my couch. But... um my couch that I love dearly is now nothing but a, a half-eaten slipper. That's what it looks like. And oh dear, she's gorgeous. She's just gone for it. And people think, oh, she's bored. She's not. She's just bowled. Because we walk her twice a day. We're with her all the time. I don't know, a dog gets more, uh, gets more kind of contact and, you know, played with and, and entertained. So, yeah, she's just bowled and she's a puppy and she's 55 kilos. So... She was just really decorating. That's all she was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's all she's doing. She's doing spring clean. And well, she the thing is, the funny thing is, dogs don't make money, so they can't pay for this. So this is it. Yeah. yeah. So she doesn't mind. Nope, <laughs> she had great time, and that's it. <laughs> that's what it's all about. But where's my mind? The podcast is heading on tour in April. It's starting from the fifth of April, but you're in the Civic Theatre on the twenty third, the Lark on the twenty seventh, and out in Dunleary on the twelfth. Yeah, that's it. It's all three three Dublin shows. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Now, Breslin, thank you so much for chatting to us. My pleasure, guys. Anytime.